Welcome back to another edition of Locked On Sun Belt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. I host Afternoons on Sports Radio 105.5 WNSP in Mobile, Alabama, covering the South Alabama Jags. And prior to that, hosting mornings on 103.7 The Game in Lafayette, Louisiana, covering the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. Today's episode of Locked On Sun Belt is brought to you by Sling TV. Sling has something for everyone, especially when it comes to college football coverage. With a massive lineup of games across the ACC, Big Ten, Pac-12, and SEC, I can always catch the games I want on Sling, and now you can too. Check out Sling TV now to see the massive lineup of games they have all season long. Sling, the TV you love for the price you love. Try it today. As much as we're looking forward to the Sun Belt Championship, it is also coaching carousel season, and it is starting to hit uh, the Sun Belt. We bring in Kepsi Odello from the from the Austin American Statesman, and he's got a podcast, a Win Now or Get Bent, as Texas State has relieved uh, Jake Spavital of his role as head coach of the Bobcats. Kef, was this coming, whether they beat the Cajuns or not, or was it a culmination of we'd seen enough? You know, I, I, it felt like it was coming after they after they were ineligible for a bowl game. It just it just felt like this was going to happen. It was bowl game or bust for the Bobcats this year. I mean, they've been FBS for eleven years, mm. still no bowl game appearance. They've only been bowl eligible twice. Got passed over the one time they should have gotten it in twenty fourteen. So still no bowl games here. So that's that's a big monkey on this program's back. And everybody around is, is is dying to just have some sort of postseason for this football team. And so once they were once they were ineligible for a bowl two, three weeks before the season ended, it, the writing was on the wall. It, it felt like everybody who was around the team or covering the team or fans watching the team kind of knew like, all right, Spavadol's time is done. Cause it was even kind of some he was given some grace after last year, after they a third straight year of of a losing season. And he was brought back for a fourth year. It was people were kind of shocked by that that it wasn't let go then. So after this year of not doing it again, it it felt like it was it was definitely going to happen. And especially with a new athletic director and Don Coriel and a brand new school president Kelly Dampfis came over from Arkansas State. Actually, he was the chancellor there. Um, they're both very gung ho about turning this football program around and doing whatever that takes. And so I. You know, a move like this where they have to move on and, and actually go pick out their own guy because they inherited Spavadol. You know, Don Coriel, the athletic director, was here in another role when, when Spavadol was hired. He's here for a long time, but it is uh, he hasn't been able to actually hire his coach as an AD. Um, so, it'll, yeah, now they, they get to go pick their guy. And, and it, was, it was just time for Jake Spavadol. He's a good guy. Um, did a lot of great things here. It just the wins weren't there, and and that's the bottom line when in college football. All right, a couple of questions. First of all, is Texas State the largest uh, school, meaning enrollment in the Sun Belt, and is Don Coriel any relation to the Don Coriel? <laughs> is it the largest? I'm not sure. You know, I know there's oh, okay. forty thousand students. I'm pretty sure it's yeah, up there. Pretty much, it's yeah. A, it's a big school, and people that that surprises a lot of people that how big Texas state is. I mean, especially in the state of Texas with 12 FBS programs and Texas state's actually like the fourth or fifth largest in the state. Um, so it very well could be the largest in the sun, but I think it is, but I don't, I don't know that off the top of my head and no relation to air Coriel for Don Coriel. Oh, that was actually oh, one of the first things I asked him. I was just like, are you related to the chargers coach from the eighties? He said, no, that's no relation there, but you know, just a, a coincidence. Or mom and dad were big fans, one or the that, other. No, that I could know. be it too. 
Yeah. I should ask him that. You got any yeah, charges yeah, fans yeah. in your family? Or because <laughs> that's now that's an awfully big coincidence, unless there's you know a grandfather named Donald or something along those lines. Uh, you know, what's right, funny so is oh sorry, the, the Bobcats no, have a running run back. Uh, Bobcats have a running back named Calvin oh. Hill, and there used to be a Cowboys right. running back that was really oh, good yeah. by the same name. So right. people ask me that all the time too. Are they related? No, they're not related right. either. So a lot well, of coincidences in the name game. Right. That's Grant Hill's dad. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, all right. So what went wrong this year? Spavital kind of went all in trying to save his job in the transfer portal. And I, I guess it didn't work out. He was struggling to win away from home. He got a huge win against App State. And then it seemed to fall apart. They gave Troy a run for their money, had a lead in the second half, and, and they just never recovered after that. Yeah, it was a, a roller coaster of a season, no doubt. Um, what what went wrong specifically was on the offensive side of the ball. I mean, last last uh, last in the Sun Belt in offense in, in a handful of categories, yards and scoring. Um, the defense played really well. It was actually one of the best defenses Tech State has had since going FBS eleven years ago. Um, statistically, it was right up there with the twenty fourteen defense. So they they had a great year defensively. It was really just on the offense and specifically at quarterback. They brought in Lane Hatcher, the Arkansas State quarterback. He played every single snap. They did not play one backup all season, uh, which is pretty remarkable, especially when you think about it. I, there's probably I apologize to anyone listening for my child, by the way. Uh, this is awesome. <laughs> Six weeks old. What's her name? Jade. Jade Marie. Nice. All right. Yes, Six sir. weeks yes, old. Sir. Congratulations. Thank you. She was so quiet right before we started recording, but now she's now she's fussing. No, and it often, you know, they brought in Lane Hatcher and, and he played every single snap. And I can't think of another FBS program, definitely not one in the Sun Belt, where they played one quarterback for every single snap throughout the season. Didn't test out any of the backups, and they had hmm. two really good backups: North Carolina State transfer Ty Evans and Baylor transfer uh, CJ Rogers as well. And neither one of them played a snap. Neither one has thrown a pass at Texas State. And Ty Evans has been here for two years. And he's a Elite 11 quarterback, highly recruited out of out of high school. Uh, could have had his, had his pick of any school before he went to North Carolina State. And he hasn't thrown a pass here. Um, so it's very strange. Spavadol, he, he he really rides with his quarterback. He We saw it last year with Brady McBride, where he probably started him too long. Um, and the same deal happened with, with Lane Hatcher. And it just wasn't happening at that position. I mean, the arm strength wasn't there. Uh, he's not a very tall quarterback either. And, and, and um, you know, with, with the lack of height, he wasn't mobile. Uh, he could handle some back shoulder throws, but it, it just really, they couldn't put it together offensively. And that was the thing with Spavadol. They had offensive coordinator, Jacob Peeler last year, he left for Missouri. Um, and when Peeler left, he didn't hire another offense coordinator. He just made himself the offense coordinator. So he was head coach and offense coordinator, calling all the plays and then the offense came out and it was last in the Sun Belt. I mean, it, it was just the, the writing was on the wall. He, he was, he put all his chips in the table to be the offensive guy and it just didn't work out. Talking to Kepsi Adello from the Austin American Statesman about Texas state making a change with their coaching staff. Uh, Jake Spavital has been relieved of his duties. So how much does it, uh, Obviously, got a new administration, uh, the overall the school and the athletic director. But at the same time, we're I mean, on the national level, right? You got a Josh Heupel who turns Tennessee around in two years. You got Brian Kelly who turns LSU around in one year. And same here in I mean, in the Sun Belt, right? I mean, John Summerall won the division in one year at Troy, and Kane Womack's done a good job at South 
Alabama in just two years. Is, is that what happens at a place like Texas State? Like, you've been here almost five years, and these guys are outperforming you really quickly. So it's not like you didn't have an opportunity to turn things around. Right. And, and I mean, it, 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 it's, it ta- it's going to take a lot at Texas State. Um, I don't know ex- exactly what kind of coach, because all the, the last three coaches they've signed have been different kind of guys. I mean, if you go back to the Dennis Franchoni era, he was a guy who had a illustrious career at, in the P5, mm-hmm. um, and it was kind of his retirement deal at Texas State. And that <laughs> did. And then they went to Everett Withers, who was an up-and-coming FCS coach, hadn't had a lot of head coaching experience, but it, it the short experience he had worked out. They bring that guy in, it doesn't work out. So then they go and they find the young wonderkin in Jake Spavadol. Here's the the next, like, you know, Sean McVay type, the young the young. Uh, smart coach and they bring him in and it doesn't work so they've tried three different types of coaches and neither one has worked and i think what it's going to take what they need to to bring in somebody who can who can win and that just it hasn't there's been a lot of hopeful candidates they bring in these candidates and it's like man hopefully it'll it'll look like this this is hopefully it'll it'll evolve into we will grow with this coaching candidate and that just hasn't happened. So you got to bring someone in who already knows how to win, already has the recipe and the formula, and they can and they can come in and just start enacting that right away and start getting the wins in. All right, let's take a time out. Uh, this is Locked On Sunbelt with your host, Dave Schultz. We're talking with Kef Ciardello from the Austin American Statesman. Where does Texas State look towards a new head coach? Do they go coordinator route? Do they take somebody with... Uh, Head coaching experience, what do the Bobcats do next? We'll find out after this. You're listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Today's episode of Locked On Sunbelt is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from football to basketball to soccer and esports. We've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those at BetOnline as well. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. Dave Schultz, your host, along with Kef Ciardello from the Austin American Statesman. He covers the Texas State Bobcats. So is that going to be an assistant coach like South Alabama did? Or is it going to be somebody with head coaching uh, experience? Because there's plenty of talent to go around in the state of Texas. As you mentioned, almost a dozen FBS schools there in the state of Texas. Uh, It's not just uh, A&M and the Longhorns you got to compete with, but there's plenty of plenty of uh, talent to go around, especially in Central Texas where they are, and in South Texas, uh, you know, I spent some time down in Corpus Christi. There's plenty of talent uh, to go around. So, what kind of direction do you think they're going to go in, and how quickly are they going to do it with the portal opening up uh, and signing day? They actually get a little bit more time. That's not for another three weeks. Yeah, you know, some of the early candidates that that people are talking about, the one right off the bat that that 
people discuss a lot is Sam Houston State coach Casey Keeler. Sure. He won a national championship there. He's won everywhere he's gone. Delaware in the early 2000s, he won a national championship. Even when you go back to the 90s, when he was coaching D3, he was he took his team to the championship seven times. Um, so he's he's a proven winner. When I talk about a proven winner, that's somebody that I that comes to mind right away. And that's somebody with head coaching experience. Um, you you brought up what could they possibly bring in a coordinator? You know, we saw them do that with Spavital. He hadn't, wasn't a head coach before. They bring in the, the up-and-coming coordinator. It didn't work out. So I think they're going to want to go get a head coach, a, someone who is currently coaching somewhere. Um, another name that's been floated around is G.J. Kinney at Incarnate Word. He's a younger guy, though. He's similar to the age Spavadol was when he was hired, and he's only been at Incarnate Word for a year. But it was it's a, been a really good year for them, and he's got a lot of Texas ties, high school ties, and that seems to be pretty important here. Um, they very well could go the coordinator route like they did when they went with Spavadol. Um, there's been a few names kicked around. I know Mike Jinks over at Houston has been has been vying for the job. Uh, Phil Longo at North Carolina is somebody that they considered when they hired Spavadol back in 2018. He was actually really close to getting it. So I could see them maybe going back to that well and, and checking him out. Um, but I, I think it would be someone like Casey Keeler, who is who is already proven. Uh, and they they know what they're getting when he comes in. It's not a bunch of, of hoping and wishing it'll turn into something. We already know what Casey Keeler's about. Do you think he brings in his staff from I do. Houston State? Or do they go, I mean, Ken Wabuck's got a, pro, a couple of pretty good coordinators. I think Corey Batute, maybe this is his first time as defensive coordinator, but Major Applewhite has plenty of experience as both a uh, coordinator and uh, head coach as his offensive coordinator. So, but you think he'd just bring in a lot of his staff from Sam Houston. I do. I do think he'd bring in his staff. It's funny. You mentioned major Applewhite. That's another name that people have kicked around, you know, obviously Texas ties uh, right. pretty successful at South Alabama running their offense, a head coaching experience, not great head coaching experience, 15 and 11 right. at Houston, but, um, but that's somebody they, they've kicked around. But yeah, I, I would think if he came in, he would, he would bring his staff, that's usually what happens. I mean, the uh, some off the field coaches they'll keep like director of player personnel and stuff like that. But as far as like coordinators and position coaches, whoever comes in, they're, they're definitely going to bring their own guy. And I think you asked how long would it take? It actually right. it, it, it could be done by the end of this week really, really fast, which is surprising when you um, consider that Texas State is it's a public school. So they have to post a job for 10 days before they can before they can fill it but they actually have something in, in where they can circumvent it i don't know the exact logistics of it all but they can they can expedite the process uh with some sort of waiver or something and get a coach in hired before that 10 days and it seems like that's what they're trying to do um we could be looking at a coaching press conference by sunday uh with with a brand new coach so they're moving really really fast that's from stuff that I've heard inside the program and and uh, and and people close to it. That this process, it, it seems like they were already looking. Before. That was going to be my question. Yes, like yeah. the ball had already gotten rolling uh, yeah. prior to uh, the firing. Like you said, everybody around the program knew that this was coming. Yeah, and I think why they why they didn't make the move on Spav at all before the season ended was to save some money, obviously. Um, but it, it was also to to like I said, he was a nice guy. He was well liked here. And I think it was to let him finish out the season uh, and let him finish the job that he started and, and see what he could have done. Cause I mean, if he had gotten that win over Louisiana very last game of the season, that would have been the, 
the first time Texas State had gotten to five wins since 2014. So it would have mm. been would have been a big benchmark, not a big one, but you know, a sign of small right. improvement for Texas State. Um, but I don't think it would have been enough. I think regardless of the result that last game, they were, they were moving on and they were already looking for their next guy. We're talking with Jeff Ciardello from the Austin American Statesman. All right, talk about money because I was kind of shocked at how much he was making. $800,000 a year. He gets 50% of that for the last year. So he's made $3.6 million on a five-year deal, if my math is right. Uh, that's pretty good money. I mean, they could go get a really good coach if they're paying somewhere between eight hundred and eight hundred thousand dollars and a million bucks. My goodness. Yeah, and you know, and and I think, and you know, that's not bad money for Jake Spavital, thirty-seven years old, already already banking. Not bad money. money. I got to believe he's the highest paid guy in the conference. <laughs> you know, and it's he's up there. I don't think maybe Jamie, maybe Ch- well, maybe yeah. Chad, Chad Wallacoastal, but that's really about it. That's the one. I know for sure Chadwell's over a million. Um, I can't think of any others that are, though. I, I don't know what Not Clay Hilton's making. or, right. um, But, but um, yeah, financially, it, it's it's going to be around the same salary range. It may even increase over a million if they want to compete. You know, it's not a Sunbelt team, but Texas, one of Texas State's rivals is UTSA, and they're right. paying their coach over a million dollars. So Dope. Texas State's definitely going to have to increase it to to compete with that. Um yeah, and and the the money side of it, there there were now you were shocked that you said you were shocked with it because you think it was it was more than uh, a lot than of money anticipated. Yeah. yeah, um, and and they're gonna have to do that again, and they're committed to doing that again. I know that for sure. So it'll it'll be around the same money. Um, hmm. it's gonna have to it's gonna have to turn into wins. I know this hire is gonna be big for a lot of people in this administration as far as their jobs and everything. All right, let's take one more time out. You're listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. What happens to all the players that Jake Spavital is leaving behind who may or may not hit the transfer portal? We'll be back with Bobcats beat writer from the Austin American Statesman, Kef Ciardello. You're listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. All right, welcome back to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day. I'm your host, Dave Schultz. We're here with Kef Ciardello, the beat writer for the Texas State Bobcats for the Austin American Statesman. Uh, all right, and so now, uh, and now that Jake Spavital is gone, the transfer portal opened up. Everybody's gone from Lane Hatcher, the quarterback, uh, to the kicker, to Seth Kelly. I mean, goodness gracious, when the kicker is transferring, uh, there's issues. How many people are in the transfer portal, you know, as of, you know, Tuesday afternoon? You know, as of right now, it's nine people. Nine are in the portal. Uh, mm-hmm. More more probably to come. And now there is this caveat that these guys have entered the portal, but I've seen this happen before where guys enter the portal and then the coach is brought in and then they come back to the team. They're like, okay, it turns out I actually like that coach, so I'm going to stay here. Or they entered the transfer portal and didn't like their options, so they circle back and they end up staying. Sure. So that very well could happen for the Bobcats. But right now, I mean, they've lost some heavy hitters on this team. I uh, just mentioned Hatcher took every snap, um, but I confirmed with the the other two quarterbacks, North Carolina State transfer and the Baylor transfer, that they are staying. So they still have those two quarterbacks, um, but they lose. Hatcher took every snap. Ashton Hawkins, who is the team's leading receiver, arguably the best defender in Levi Bell, uh, arguably the best offensive lineman in Kyle Hergel. Um, they some really good DBs with Jerron Morris, who was a former first team all Sunbelt player. He's gonna someone's gonna get a good player out of him. Um, Tori Spears, a six foot four oh, safety, yeah. runs right. like a deer. Um, they they've Pick- lost 
Because they lost like 13 guys last year, but it wasn't a lot of starters. It was a lot of depth attrition, guys below the the starting unit. These nine guys, I think eight of the nine are starters. And, I mean, you mentioned Seth Keller, the kicker, all-time leader in field goal makes at Texas State. So FBS or not, I mean, he's made the most field goals. So that's uh, some big losses early on for the Bobcats. And it's to be expected with the coaching change. Um, It'll be interesting to see who they can reel back in and who they can keep from entering the portal. Torrey Spears, a big pick six against App State. And for those who don't know, that's Marcus Spears' son. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, LSU took a defensive back from McNeese, so they could absolutely get, bring in somebody in the secondary from Texas State. Absolutely. And I'll tell you this, Torrey Spears, he's pretty special. He, he'd have more, he'd have better stats if it weren't for injuries before this season. This season, he was, he was healthy, played the whole year. So I think that'll bode well for teams looking at him. And if they had questions about him being injury prone, I think he put those to rest this season because he's a pretty talented player. He actually transferred in from a, from Iowa State mm. uh, three, three mm. years ago. So he's he's a former P5 guy. So I could see him being in the P5 ranks again. You know, I don't I don't know what I, LSU, they always have good DBs. So I'm, I don't know how, how much they need one. But I, I mean, Torrey Spears is right there. He'd be a good one. And hey, Morris, too. Jaron Morris, good player. Right. We're talking with Kev uh, Ciardello from the Austin American Statesman. A few more minutes. All right. What are the facilities like there at Texas State? The stadium looks nice. Have they been upgraded elsewhere? You know, South Alabama opened up the new stadium. Uh, They probably need one more athletic building, you know, just for football, um, workout-wise. But Troy's got nice facilities. The Cajuns got nice facilities. Mm -hmm. Coastal's got nice facilities. I'm sure JMU's going to upgrade their facilities. Where is Texas State when it comes to uh, facilities? So they are about seven to 10 years ago, they were one of, they were, they were a lot further along as far as comparisons to the Sun Belt. But like you just said, so many teams in the Sun Belt have upgraded while Texas state hasn't kept up as much as, as over the, in that time period. So they're, they're lacking in some areas. They don't have an indoor football facility um, like an indoor practice field. And that's kind of a, that's, that's been a big talking point here because the local high school, San Marcos high school here, they have one, but mm. the college here doesn't have one. Oh, oh boy. So, so there's a lot of things like that that are missing. The stadium is really nice. The weight room is, is nice, but it's not big enough. They need to increase it. Um, they, they have, they have situations where they're lifting in schedules, not at on, on all the players can lift at the same time. Um, so there, there's, there's few things like that that they just, they need to upgrade. And since they brought in Kelly Damphis, he's the new president got here in June. He said one of, one of the main deals that he was told when he was hired was fix football. He's been very open about this. So he has been at every game. He's been real vocal on Twitter. He talks about needing to upgrade the facilities and everything. Um, so the, it's, it's definitely something that is on people's minds here and they're working on, on getting donations and all that good stuff to, to, and they have these big plans for the end zone complex, which is where the football facility is to revamp it. So they're trying to bring in money for that. And even Spavadol, he did an interview with the athletic over the summer and he broke down uh, uh, how hard it is to recruit when the facilities aren't the, as optimal as they could be. Right. As optimal as, as some of your competitors are. Um, and he, he was talking about how that's, that's a real issue with Texas state. Um, and, but it's something that they're aware of and, and, and they're trying to correct. Yeah, I joke with South Alabama, you know, they have an indoorish facility, 
Uh, they just didn't finish it. I think they ran out of money. There was actually an accident uh, right when they oh, were building no. it. Uh, but it's not enclosed completely. And yet, when it rains, you're dry. And, you know, when it's 100 degrees out in the summer, you're out of the sun. So it's not perfect, but it's certainly better, apparently, than what Texas State has. And it's been a, it's a huge help uh, uh, to them. Because when they want to go outside, they can. But they can also protect themselves from the elements uh, when necessary. So, yeah, Te- it, when when Texas State wants to protect themselves from the elements, they all load up in a bus and drive across town to the high school. So, well, it's that's that, that's not it's not ideal. That may be more a reflection of Texas high school football than Texas State <laughs> football. <laughs> you know, and that's a really good point, because I'll tell yeah. you what the rat, the San Marcos, the, they're called the Rattlers. They have a press box that you would love. I mean, it's right. I can't believe it's a high school press box every time right. I go up. There, so yeah. they do. Uh, they they do love their high school football here. They do. Uh, it is Kep Ciardello from the Austin American Statesman. He's got a podcast, Wing Now or Get Bent. What is coming up? What are you writing about with the coaching search and the podcast? Yeah, at this time, I just wrote about about Spavadol being let go on Sunday. Uh, At this time, you know, we're going to be writing about all the guys in the transfer portal and spitballing candidates, who's going to come in and all that good stuff. Um, you know, I got, got I just did a podcast yesterday as well. If you want a little more in depth on Texas State and even hear some of the controversies that went down during the season, uh, mm. you can you can listen to that podcast as well. Um, yeah, that's you know just working on the Bobcats, seeing seeing who the next coach is going to be, and being a new dad all at the same time. Well done, hey, and congratulations! You know, thank you so much. It's the the best thing I do for sure. I, I always thought I was meant to be a sports reporter, but I. I now I know it's meant to be a dad for sure. There you go. Kev Ciardello, really appreciate you hopping on Locked On Sunbelt. Really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks, David. Good talking to you. All right, special thanks to uh, Bobcats beat writer Kev Ciardello from the Austin American Statesman. Uh, really appreciate his time. Scheduled to appear on Thursday. Scheduled to appear Raging Cajuns head coach Mike Desimo. It's obviously been an up-and-down season for the reigning Sunbelt champions. But they did beat Texas State on the final week of the regular season to go bowling. We'll talk to him what it's like being a head coach at Division I football for the very first time. Thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Dave Schultz, and you've been listening to Locked On Sunbelt, your team every day.